Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Today is a deep dive day. I have two types of solo shows. The mini-sodes are where I talk with you about one thing on my mind at a bite-sized level, and they're about 10 minutes in length. That's bite-sized. In the deep dives, I take the topic to a deeper level and we max out at 30 minutes. Today's deep dive is going to be a continuation of last week where I talked about managing our mindset and the why. And today we're talking about managing our mindset, how to do it. So last week's show is in the show notes. There's a link. And today, how to manage your mindset. We know the why. First off, mindset, it's the way you think. Remember, we have Carol Dweck, growth mindset, fixed mindset. Growth is rooted in love, compassion, curiosity. Fixed is rooted in shame and fear. Those are our feeling states. Growth opens us up to learn. Fixed shuts us down. And we're so often programmed to believe we must work hard. We're programmed to believe we must do things perfectly. We're programmed to believe to beat ourselves up. And we think if I just work harder, if I just do more, I'll be able to get the results that I want. But nobody ever talks about our mindset. Even in athletics, in swimming, yes, we talked about visualization, you know, but it was about how hard do you work? How many yards do you train? What are your skill sets? What's your skill development? The focus then may get into, in more recent years, on the invisible training of sleep and nutrition. And somehow the most important thing is not even receiving dedicated space and attention. And that's our mindset. What is your mindset practice? You don't have to be an athlete to have a mindset practice. There's so much drama that goes on in our brains. How do you prime your brain every day when you wake up? That is really important. What do you do? Do you listen to the noise in your head and then react to it all day long? Because a lot of the noise is self-hatred. A lot of the noise are other people's beliefs. A lot of the noise is the programming of our culture. What is your belief? Like anything else, this too is a practice and such a valuable practice. We are bombarded with all that noise all day long. Other people's belief, TV, social media, newspapers, teachers, friends, family. Think about all the places where you just pick up stuff. There's constant input happening and has been happening in our lives. And what do you do with that? Often we react to it. Often we numb from it. But here's the fantastic news is that you get to manage it. Just like you get to decide, do I want to go to a horror film or do I want to go to a comedy or do I want to go to a drama? So get out a piece of paper and a pencil and let's do this here because this is going to be really valuable for you. And it's not just this one and done. It is about coming back to it over and over and over again. I highly recommend trying to do it or committing to do it three days a week. This is the key. So the first step to the managing our mindset or having a developing a mindset practice is declutter. 
you must declutter your brain. And that is so important because remember, we've talked about all the stuff that we're picking up, all the programming. And if you're my age and you're 45, there's been a ton of programming in your brain. So you need to declutter. And then every day declutter, it's like you clean out that one drawer in the kitchen and then the next drawer and then the next. But here's the deal. You don't need to get overwhelmed. Like Peter Wall said, you can clean out one drawer at a time. It doesn't have to be the whole kitchen. It doesn't have to be the whole house all at once one drawer at a time. So one day at a time, declutter. And then what starts to happen is you start to go, oh yeah, these are the same themes over and over, saying the same thing over and over again. So declutter. Here's how you want to do this. You want to set up a timer. If you have an iPhone or phone that has a clock on it, set up a timer for five minutes. Constraint is a beautiful thing especially when we're overachievers, we're thinking, oh, more is better, more, more, more. Five minutes is great. Five minutes. Because otherwise, you may never get it done. If I said 30 minutes, you may not get it done. It's like, oh, I don't really have 30 minutes. Oh, I can't really do it now. Five minutes. And it can be pen and paper, or you can type it. The research shows it doesn't matter. And I want you to pause right here. Do what feels good for you today in terms of writing or typing. And when you decide to do this, pick the one that you want to do and stick with it for a few weeks to get the info on that. Does it work for you? You're not going to know until you commit. And this is pretty painless. Oftentimes when we want to change your behavior or create something new, it's like, oh, I need to find the right journal. Oh, I need to go to six stores until I have the right journal. Oh, I have to find the right app to do the writing on keep it easy. We create drama and then that creates busyness so that we can't get it done. You need a pen and paper. You can open up your email inbox. Just don't send it to anybody. There's a notes application on your phone or on your computer. Evernote, you decide, just write it down and it can be something that you can throw away. So it doesn't matter if it's pen or paper or computer. It just needs to be consistent. Try one for three weeks and then switch to the digital for three weeks. I'm currently handwriting in a journal and I've been doing that all year. And one of the things I'm going to do, the commitment I made instead of dropping the journal and switching over is once I'm finished, which will be in about another week, week and a half, I'm going to switch to doing it on Evernote. I like Evernote. I like to type. My handwriting is horrible. And I don't like the constraint of the space that I have for what I want to do. So I'm going to switch over and I'm going to commit to it for three weeks. And then I'll reevaluate of whether I want to go back to a journal and maybe I'll use a different journal. I have lots of different journals already. So I don't need to go buy to anything at the store. I have the constraint of it'll be one of the journals that I have, or I'll continue on, but I won't know until I commit to for three weeks and see which one do I like better. And remember, the research shows it doesn't matter. It's just about doing the writing. So pick one and commit to it. Write it down right now. You can do it on a piece of paper. The other thing that happens is my clients often get afraid of, what if somebody sees it? Okay, so if you're petrified and that doesn't give you a safe place to write, give yourself permission that you can shred it, you can destroy it, you can recycle it, whatever it is that you need to do. If you're writing it digitally, that you can delete it after you're done and putting it. You can just 
highlight it all and hit delete. Just make sure that there's nobody being on the receiving end if you open up your email um, program. Sometimes I use my email program to send me notes or reminders. So that's why I suggested that. Back to the brain dump. This is where you're going to let it out and write it down. And here's the constraint about this that I think is really, really important. It needs to be one sentence at a time. Years and years and years ago, when I first started doing something like this, I found Julia Cameron Wright's uh, Artist Way, and I loved her book and the idea of setting dates for myself and all of that. And the writing was actually very uh, helpful in some ways, and it was also became destructive for me because I'm a really good storyteller. And what it did is it allowed me to live in my swampland even more. I was just story fondling and showing how I was wronged. And because I was writing it down, it was true. And so those 30 minutes that I committed to for about three months or so, it, I didn't, I felt good because like I'd offloaded, but I wasn't able to do any reframing. So that was a good place to start. But my mindset practice has evolved to this. And so I really believe and I find with my clients that when you can do one sentence at a time, just jot it down, what are the sentences, then you're not stuck in the story and don't get attached. And then you can be able to look at that. So one sentence at a time for five minutes. And again, this is just to avoid the story fondling or the evidence. Like I would just create this mountain of evidence and be like, see, this is true. It's in this book now. It is the truth. It was my version of the truth, but that's what I would do. And remember, if this scares you, it's okay. You can destroy it. Give yourself permission to destroy it afterwards. Always in a safe way. Once it's written down and once your timer goes off after five minutes, look at it. Take a look at it and do this from a place of curiosity and compassion. What a great way to incorporate your compassionate practice. And look at your thoughts. Pick out the thought that just keeps like pulling you in. It could be the most painful thought. It could be the thought that you're always saying, just pick it out one sentence. And then what we're going to do is we're going to create awareness around this. And you've heard me talk about this on this show before in previous minisodes. And we're doing this as a deep dive. I'm really taking you through this and you can actually walk through this exercise. Listen, pause, rewind as much as you want on this podcast. So this is the awareness part. We did the declutter with the brain dump. Now it's the awareness. And this is where we're using the thought model. So you're going to place the thought in the thought line. It has to be one sentence. The circumstance goes above that, and that is a fact, and it's neutral. Okay, so I'm going to run the uh, thought model through so you can understand this a little bit better. So the circumstance is at the top of the page, and you, what I'm going to choose because it's the time of the year, it's it's the holidays at the end of 2017. So holiday to dos and commitments are huge, right? And that's so that is a a fact. There's holiday to do's. The thought is one sentence. It can be, I have too much to do and I can't get it all done. The feeling is anxious. And I'm taking this actually from somebody who'd submitted it to me. The action is to overfunction for this person. Harriet Lerner who's been on my show before she has the book, the dance of connection. And one of the things that she's figured out when people like how people deal with anxiety is they either over function or they under function in this particular client, she over functions. And the result is she goes into overdrive at the huge emotional cost 
to herself and to her family, and she offloads her pain to her on her family. She's totally exhausted afterwards and gets things done for others, but not for herself, which then equals, I can't get it all done. And I'm last on my list. And then it creates another thought model of, I can't get it all done. I never take care of myself. I'm last on my list, whatever it may be. It's probably I'm last on my list. And then the shame that that can come with that. And it's a downward spiral. And then you're living in the shame storm, the swampland. That is the awareness, realizing that our thoughts create our feelings. Okay. It's, it's not the holiday to do's and commitments that create the anxiety, which so often all of us want to say, it's like, oh, the holidays create stress. They cause anxiety. They cause fear. They cause shame. It's the thoughts that we think. Because I had the same holiday to do's with my Christmas cards, and I like to get them out by December 1st. I used to be able to do that years ago, and I, I haven't been able to in the last few years. And um, they came actually on November 30th, unexpectedly early, where I could have sent them out. And I was like, ooh, I could still make it. But I didn't have my list organized or any of that stuff. And I just gave myself permission that I could get it done when I got back on the 4th. And I eventually got it out, I don't know, the 7th or the 8th, and I had to reframe what I chose to believe about it so that I could take action and not be in a place of shame. And so I I chose a new belief, but I was able to do that because instead of like, oh, the holiday to-dos and commitments, and there's so much to be done, and I'm never going to get it done, I chose a different belief. So going back to the original thought model of, of I have too much to do and I can't get it done, which creates anxiety for her. You now get to choose what do you want to believe? What is the rule is it has to be true? You have to be able to believe it, right? So questions I'm going to ask you right now, as and you can do another kind of brain dump of what is the thought that you want to replace there? Do you want to be a priority in your life? Think about that. Does it all really have to get done? Like in the case of the Christmas cards, the Christmas cards didn't have to get done. I could have just bagged the whole thing. But I love Christmas cards. I love holiday cards. They're my favorite thing. I love them even more than presents. I love getting them. I love seeing, I love how a lot of them now are pictures. And I love seeing the pictures of the families growing up. I love hearing their stories. I love Christmas letters. I love that it comes in so many different ways. And I love whether it's a Christmas card that we used to send where it maybe has Charlie Brown on it, or it has a big happy holidays on it. I remember those Christmas cards. I love it all. I love the differences and the uniquenesses that come through. So that's the story that goes through my head. And it's like, oh, well, of course, I want to be a part of this. And I want to send out these cards because it's just fun. And I want to, you know, in my way, let people know what's going on in my life or with my family. It's, it's just something that's really important to me. And when I do that, I'm in this place of love. So when you're answering these questions, do you want to be a priority in your life? Does it all really have to get done? Answer those questions. It doesn't have to be the quote right answer because my Christmas cards can seem like the right answer. It's not for some people. I've had friends bag it. That is totally fine. What happens when you fill up your bucket first? How does that result in your productivity in other areas? So for me with the Christmas cards, what we've always done, it's always been a family thing, you know, and it was a way to teach my kids of how to write our return address, way slower to do it that way than use the stamp or how to put a stamp on the envelope or sealing an envelope. There were a lot of lessons. Well, now my kids are older. 
We don't necessarily need those lessons. It's more about just like whipping these things out. So there was a couple times my kids had a little bit of time. We were able to work on either stamping it or uh, yeah, stamping the address or stamping the the envelope or stuffing the envelope and sealing it. And I just found different bits of time, which was a different way for me to go about doing it than how we've done it before. Because I like to just, I like to be kind of one and done with it. We sit down, we grind it out and we're done. That was not the case. It happened over many days, maybe 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there. It may have been after they came home from practice and I was just sitting around the kitchen talking with them and it was something I could do at the same time. So I had to change my beliefs about how it was supposed to be done and allow for that. And because I want to be a priority in my life, I don't want to stay up late and not sleep because I'm getting Christmas cards out. Then I'd be really resentful about the Christmas cards because I wouldn't, I would think I'd have to do it a certain way. It had to be perfect. I want to be a priority in my life. I don't really have to do Christmas cards. It's something that I want to do. And it's something I love to do. And when I'm able to fill up my bucket first, my productivity goes crazy on the other end, because I'm not having this drama of, oh, these damn Christmas cards, da 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 da. It's too many people, blah, blah, blah. People aren't doing Christmas cards. Like that's really draining energy. And that's where I would have been a long time ago. But instead, I'm really clear, I take care of myself, and then I have so much more to give. So as you choose this new belief, remember, it has to be true. And you must believe it. So where we got to was, and it's remember, the thought is supposed to be one sentence, this is a little bit longer, just because you're a newbie at this and I'm trying to encompass maybe a couple of beliefs. The circumstance doesn't change, there's still the holiday to do's and the commitments. And then we, we are going from the thought of, I have too much to do and I can't get it all done. That's the worst case scenario. So instead, it can just be a simple sentence of, I will get done what needs to get done. That though may need a little bit of a container for it for you, which is, I will take care of me so I can take care of others and I will get done what needs to get done. I'm calling that one sentence and I'm cheating a bit, but I'm trying to do a few lessons in one deep dive. So I will take care of me so I can take care of others. That's the container to say that, yes, the constraint of I'm going to still take care of me, get sleep, take care of my priorities, and I will get done what needs to get done. So those Christmas cards to go out, those holiday cards went out. There are other things that haven't gotten done, and I'm okay with that. And because they're not as big of a priority for me. And I don't dwell on it. There's still some Christmas, there's, well, there's some, there's still Christmas shopping that needs to be done. And I'll get that done. And I'm not going to dwell on that. Other thoughts could be, as you're doing this download of what do you want to replace would be is I give myself permission to make the decision to what actually needs to be done. You are, well, I would imagine you're an adult listening. I don't think there are kids are. If there are, send me an email. I'd love to know. But when we give our, we, we're the adult in our lives. Why aren't we making the decisions about what needs to be done? Granted, you may have a boss that says certain things need to be done. You already have an agreement to be in that job. And when you're in that agreement, there's an agreement of somebody has the opportunity to tell you what to do. So just realize that. I am the leader in my life and I'll get done what truly needs to be done. Or to give love, I must be love. So whatever one's a line for you. And you're like, Ooh, that one feels really good. Because the goal in this next thought is, and when we're reframing it, 
was to come to be in a place of love. So instead of feeling anxious, to feel love, right? And I just chose that feeling for you. I would ask you how you would want to feel, but I chose that. So to feel love. So there's holiday to do's and there's commitments. So what do you need to feel love? What do you need to think? And so this was for her is I will take care of me so I can take care of others and I will get what needs to get done. And she feels love. So then she'll exercise mindset practice. She'll fuel herself with foods that are nourishing. She'll sleep and then get work done. Her personal work, like, or not her professional work and also take care of family items of what needs to be done. And then the result is I get done what needs to get done. And instead of the offloading of pain, the taking care of everybody else, that was the result earlier, totally exhausted afterwards, you know, the huge emotional cost, and then not getting your own stuff done. This new belief helps fuels that you can get, take care of yourself. Now, maybe it's not, maybe you're used to running for an hour and maybe you're running for 20 minutes. I'm not saying it's all perfect, right? But you're taking care of you and you're getting really clear of what it is that you're going to get done. So now that you've chosen this new belief, you're going to commit to it. And this is the part that's really important because you have a new reframe of your story. Instead of I have too much to do and I can't get it all done, the new reframe is I will take care of me so I can take care of others and I will get done what needs to get done. I know that is a run on sentence and all of my English teachers would be upset, but for this, that's what we're doing. Now here's what you do next. You can make a post-it note and put it on your bathroom mirror. This is a new one that I thought of today with a client. You can put it in your calendar and to have it pop up and remind you daily, just like plant it every day, have it go on repeat every day. And then it comes up and there gives you a reminder and it shows up on your phone. I think that's awesome because a lot of times we'll forget it. So it's all of a sudden you look at your phone. You can take a photo of it and refer to it in your phone. Like when you're in stressful situations of like, oh yeah, you can journal each day with this new thought at the top of the page to remind you. So that way you reprogram your brain because we all like to indulge in, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Here's the deal. There's always going to be more to do than the capacity right? Like there's that beautiful idea of like, oh, I'll just get everything off my to-do list and it'll be wonderful. Or if I have a folder of stuff, it'll get empty and it'll be wonderful. And I just have to be more efficient. The reality, if you're like me and you like to learn and grow and you want to do stuff and evolve, there's always more stuff. It's like, okay, I finished that book, but there's like 10 more books, you know, in the queue waiting to come in. There's always more. And so it's about having the ability to prioritize and realizing that there will be enough right? Instead of there's not enough, there's, there will be enough time. So it's about committing to that, committing to your new story and telling yourself over and over. And you have to check in, does that dial up love for you? And if the love isn't the feeling state you want, is it calm or confidence or empowerment or compassion or curiosity? Those are some of the really nice feeling states that can drive our actions because we don't want to be in those, you know, shame or anxiety or frustration feeling states, because what we grow there, it's our, our garden just doesn't grow very well. What we're doing here is instead of indulging in the drama in our minds, and all the reasons why something won't work, we're focusing on what you do want to have happen. We're committing to the best case scenario. It doesn't mean it's perfect. 
And it doesn't mean that your to-do list will be cleaned off. What it means is that you're focusing on reducing the drama and creating the results that you want to have in your life. If the results are that you take care of yourself and you also take care of others and you do a good job at your work, reducing the noise of not being able to get things done, because if you have that noise, you're not going to get things done. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. There, remember, there will always be more that needs to be done and that is okay. So instead, remember that you will get done what needs to get done. Come from a place of love for yourself, for others, and this amazing holiday season. It's full of connection. So many people are out there who love you and you love you. Want to get more value from the show? Then share it with somebody else. Do you know someone who the show would make a difference for? Send them the show via email or text and let them know why the show has helped you and would be of value to them. This is your opportunity to create your own coffee talk around the show. I receive emails all the time from listeners who share and discuss the show with friends and family, and this allows for them to bring the show ideas alive in their lives and leads to taking action to cultivate moving forward in your life. So I invite you, get more value from the show and really develop it in your life, implement it. Find a person to walk through this with. I want to give a shout out to Anna, to A for Anna from the UK for your iTunes review. Thanks for sharing how much you liked my clients' journeys and their self-development on the shows that I've had with them. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.